2 Corinthians chapter 8, as you abound in everything, as you abound in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in diligence, in love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. This grace of giving of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that he was rich but became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. You know that this is what was taught across the scripture. Barnabas was a land richer before, but he became a land poorer. That through that poverty, he might minister to the needs of the church. Paul traced this grace in the Macedonian church to what Titus taught them. Verse 6 of chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, he said, In so much that we desire Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. So we see that it was as a result of Titus thought along this line. Paul now desired that if you've thought in Macedonia this, and we can see the fruits, see also that you go to Corinth and teach the same thing so that they can abound in this grace. But they have to be taught. You see, but it's by the hearing of faith that we receive grace. Is that all right? You are saved by grace through faith. So by the things that I'm saying to you, as you apply your faith to it with corresponding actions, what happens is that you abound in the same grace. There's such a grace that God has allotted to his church. And we should do well to participate in this grace to the glory of God. God loves a cheerful giver. But may I recommend 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 to you. Those two scriptures, take some time, sit with it, study it. It was from these two scriptures that the Lord revealed to me in 2014 to teach the giving by grace. And as I told you that I was in Lagos, I went to Ogun State as at that time, to my alma mater, Malabi Sonobanjo University, and where I taught this among the saints there, the grace of giving. This was two years earlier before the great titan debates, where the Lord instructed me specifically to teach on these scriptures. Prior to this time, I only knew about titan. The scriptures I'm sharing with you now and the principles, they are from the New Testament. And in that church where I taught it, because the Lord told me the church where I, where I taught it, there was so much grace. In fact, they stopped giving their fights. People came with their full stuff and began to give it to their pastor. Their pastor came with full stuff to give it to members. So that everyone was supplying everyone's need. You see, this is the mind of God. This is the, the intelligence of God on your finances. 13 of chapter 8 For I mean not that other men be eased and you be burdened. So he was saying that I'm not saying that to make you guys be burdened and be dealing with financial issues all your life. No, that's not what I'm saying. Verse 14 He said, But by an equality. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, thereabouts. The Bible says that he said, All had all things in common. There was none that lacked. That's the equality. He said, But by an equality that now at this time, your abundance may be a supply for their wants, that their abundance also may be a supply for your wants, that there may be equality. Verse 15 As it is written, He that had gathered much had nothing over. And he that had gathered little had no lack. Out of your abundance, you are ministering to the needs and wants of people. 
and out of the abundance of others, so they are ministering to you. His is wisdom for our finances. And anytime that we delude ourselves or we allow ourselves to be deluded, we do not partake. This principle, nobody can uproot it from the church. His is wisdom for your finances. His is wisdom for your business. And you have not done so much because you have not recognized the wisdom of God. The grace of equality that brings equality. That nobody lacks. That nobody have anything over. As it is written, he's the wisdom of God. You must participate in it. If you want to know, advance in whatever you are doing financially and business-wise, you have to partake of this. You have to do it consciously. It must be taught. Titus went to teach. He took the opportunity to, you know, go and minister this teaching. So it has to be taught. As we bring this series to a close, I just want to bring some closing remarks to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. I am become a fool in glory. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle we are wrought among you, in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. For what is it wherein you are inferior to other churches, except it be that I myself was not bodysome to you. Forgive me this wrong. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be bodysome to you. For I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I beloved. But be it so, I did not burden you. Okay, nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. Paul said that, look, even though I'm a minister, I'm not burdensome to you. I don't go about coveting yours, your things. It's you I seek. It's me pouring my life into you. My joy and my desire is that my life and everything God gives me, I am using it to further the gospel. That should be the position of a minister. Even though we teach these things, that should be the position of the minister. That we are saying this so that, you know, the people of God can profit from it. But we are not necessarily saying it so that we can benefit from it. We are not speaking this way because there is so great a lack in our lives. But we are teaching it because it is taught in scriptures. And we should teach the scriptures. Because the scripture is for our admonition. Indeed, parents should lay up for their children. It's okay to live that way. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, from verse 1. He said, Would to God that you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have exposed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, has serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, he said, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he receive another spirit, which we have not received, or another gospel which we have not accepted, you might well bear with him. So Paul was rebuking them there. Verse 5, he said, For I suppose I was not a wit behind the very chiefest apostles. In other words, I am not inferior to other apostles. But though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge. 
though we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that you might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely. I robbed other churches taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. For what was lacking to me, the brethren which came from where Macedonia supplied. And in all things, I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you. So will I keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. But what I do, I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them, which desire occasion, that wherein the glory they might be found even as we are. The Macedonians, the chief city of Philippi, he said, they supplied my needs. They gave to me while I was among you. I didn't collect a dime from you. Where there was a dire need, I needed financial help. I didn't go to you. He said, the brethren in Macedonia already, we are smart, we are intelligent in the realm of the spirits. To have caught that I was in need, and they came and supplied to me. So I was receiving as it were wages. I was collecting money from other churches so that I can stay in Corinth one year and six months. So I was there and I was doing you service. But it was other people that paid my expenses, that paid for me to be able to continue there, to do the work of the ministry there. Paul was teaching these people day in, day out. There was no way it could have worked. And said it was the Macedonians that was supplying his need. So Paul used the metaphor, I robbed other churches, taking salary from them as it were. And I was doing you service. So the service that you enjoyed, my ministry that you enjoyed in such a way that you came behind in no gift. The people who paid the expenses, who foot the bill, who catered for my expenses, we are the churches in Macedonia, the chief cities in, um, in Philippi. So it was the Philippians, okay, who supplied my needs because of their own generosity. He said, and I have kept myself from being burdensome to you. There was nothing you gave to me on your own account. I drank my own water, I ate my own bread, and he said, no man will stop me from this boasting. So Paul was making a boast here that when I was among you, I received not a dime from you. This looks like a testimony on Paul's part, but this is, I mean, this is to the shame of this church. Why Paul has kept himself from them, but are they not supposed to know what to do? Many believers are like that today. Someone is consistently ministering to you. But you don't have spiritual intelligence to know that you are supposed to cater for his need. And Paul said that I have kept myself. I said, is it because I, I do not love you? He said, God sees my heart. But I want to cut off occasion from people who brag amongst you. I don't want to give anybody an excuse to say, are we not the one feeding him? Are we not the one who supplied the need? So that they could see and understand. The things that you do not provide, God will supply. That's in a nutshell what Paul was talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 4. He said, Have we not power to eat and to drink? Of course, from you. Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord, and Cephas? Or I only am Barnabas. Have not we power to forbear walking? In other words, to stop walking. 
so that this can be very plain to us let's read the next line of thought from the amplified from verse 6 he said or is it only barnabas and i who have no rights to refrain from doing manual labor for a livelihood in order to go about the work of ministry in verse 7 he said consider this what soldier at any time serves at his own expense who plants a vineyard and does not eat any of the fruit of it who tends a flock and does not partake of the milk of the flock do i say this only on human authority and as a man reasons does not the law endorses the same principle for in the law of moses it is written you shall not muzzle that's restrain the mouth of an ox you shall not muzzle an ox while he traded out the cones is it only for oxen that god cares then or does he speak certainly and entirely for our sakes? Assuredly, it is written for our sakes in the New Testament. Because the plowman ought to plow in hope, and the treasure ought to treasure in expectation of partaking of the harvest. 11. If we have sown the seed of spiritual good among you, is it too much if we reap from your material benefits? 12. If others share in this rightful claim over you, do not we have a still better and greater claim? However, we have not even exercised this right, but we endured everything rather than put an hindrance in the way of the spread of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those men who are employed in the services of the temple, that's the priest, get their fruits from the temple because they eat from the sacrifice? He said, and that those who tend to the altar, share with the altar in the offerings that is sacrificed on the altar. Verse 14, he said, on the same principle. So this is a matter of principle. The Lord directed that those who publish the good news, the gospel, should live, get their maintenance by the gospel. But I have not made use of any of those privileges. Nor am I writing this to suggest that any such provision be made for me now. For it would be better for me to die than to have anyone make void and deprive me of my ground for glorying in this matter. For if I merely preach the gospel, that gives me no reason to boast. For I feel compared from my spirit of necessity to do it. Woe is me, or sorrowful. It will be for me if I do not preach the glad tidings of the gospel. For if I do this work of my own free will, then I have my pay, my reward, because it's self-motivated. But if it is not of my own will, but it is done reluctantly under compulsion of the Spirit, I am still entrusted with a sacred trustee and commission. What then is the actual reward that I get? Just this, that in my preaching the good news, the gospel, I may offer it absolutely free of expense to anybody not taking advantage of my rights and privileges as a preacher of the gospel. For though I am free in every way from any man's control, I have made myself a born servant to everyone so that I might gain the more for Christ. Let those words sink down in your heart. Have you seen a soldier who goes to war? He pays for his welfare on the war front. No, those things are supplied. The uniform, the boots, they were supplied in war front. The things that he needs to eat, the ammunition were provided by the nation he's serving. 
Paul is saying that don't you also know that those who ministers on the altar, that the old covenant, didn't they eat from there? Is the Lord not speaking to you that there is a principle there that those who minister the gospel should eat from the gospel? And he went further to say that is it not written even under the law that when an ox is threshing the grain or a corn, okay, the Bible says don't close the mouth. Let him eat from where he's working. And he's saying that, is it that the Lord said that because he cares for oxen? Is it not so much because he cares for his minister? So that those who plow, those who go forward in the job, okay, from the same job, their needs can be met. Their, their welfare can be catered for. Although Paul said, I do not use this. I did not use this authority. Verse 14 from the Amplified said, on this same principle, the Lord directed that those who publish the good news should live or get their maintenance by the gospel. In the KJV, it was very explicit. He said, even so had the Lord ordained. Okay, so the Lord ordained this in his church. That they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. God has put this in place for his church, for his ministers. So Paul was saying that my joy is to make the gospel free of charge to you. But don't forget that it was the church in Macedonia that was making it free of charge. That was subsidizing the work he was doing in Corinth. That's amazing. Think about it. 1 Timothy chapter 5. I will read this from the Amplified verse 17. Let the elders who perform the duties of their office well. Be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and in teaching. Let's read that again so I can sing. Let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered doubly worthy, doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and in teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it is trading out the grain. And again, the laborer is worthy of his hire. So you see that these are things that we are taught in the church. Now, the reason why I am teaching this is so that you can love your pastor. It's so that you can love those who communicate the gospel to you. And so that you can be a blessing and God can actually open doors that you've been praying about. Will you take the time to reflect on this? Will you take the time to look at this? Will you bring your business in alignment? The kingdom is all about alignment. Will you bring your thoughts in alignment? Your finances in alignment? You know when you say God ordained it in the church, it means that God has set it as statutory. In the church, that such shall be done. And you are wondering that, oh, when did the Lord ordain it in the church? He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of being my disciple. He said, Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So we see Jesus say that anyone that receives you, on just the account that, oh, you're a minister of the gospel, on just that account that you're a minister of the gospel, anyone who receives you and gives to you, even a cup of water, that because you came to preach, because you have been of blessing, spiritual blessing to them, 
anyone would just give even a cup of cold water. No one would be with the excuse though, I didn't have anything to give. The least that you can, that you can get from a man should be a cup of cold water. That no one can say, I'm so poor that I don't have water to drink. That no household will say, I'm so poor, I cannot give you anything. He said, if you give a cup of cold water, if you say, I don't have money in this life to give to my past, I don't have anything, but do you, can you buy bottle water of 17 naira, 100 naira? If that's all you give, Jesus is saying that, mark my words, you will by no means lose the reward of that thing that you've done. So this is where the Lord ordained for the church that the laborer is worthy of his wages, that the houses that they visit, they should give unto them. This is where the Lord ordained it. Paul was not speaking of his own self. He was speaking from the scriptures. And said, a laborer is worthy of his wages. What was their labor? They were preaching, they were healing the sick. Sometimes today you wonder, we are telling people that, oh, that pastor should go work. The Bible shows that, that people can separate their time for the sake of the gospel. They can, because of the rigors of the gospel, decide to forsake their job, okay, just so that they can spend time to do this. And if there's anyone like that in your life right now, if there's anybody in your life, if there's anyone you know, your pastors, ministers, and ministries, I keep saying this, you are not in a state of so much lack that you cannot give. Recharge card. There are so many ways to give, so many ways, and to do it consistently. You see, when we learn this, the things that God has called the New Testament believer to give is to give with the mind of Christ. It's either all or nothing. It's either all or nothing. Romans chapter 16. Paul was, this was Paul's commendation to different people who have been of help to him in the ministry. Verse 1, he said, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sancria, that you receive her in the Lord, has become a saint, and that you assist her in whatsoever business had need of you. For she had been a succorer. Look at the word, help. The word succorer there is helper. He has been a helper of many and of myself. Great Priscilla, great Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. He said, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, great the church that is in their house, salutes well-beloved Epanetus, who is the first fruit of Achaia unto Christ. So we know that first fruit in the New Testament, just the way you see, is only spoken in relation to humans. You can do your research. Is that seven times first fruit was mentioned in the New Testament. It was said in relation to humans, not one time in relation to giving. Now, but you see where I'm calling your attention to is that Paul said Phoebe was a sukkora, was an helper. How was he helping him? The same way the women in, um, in Galilee was helping the Lord, helping him in ministry, meeting his need. And Paul also deemed it fit to also thank Aquila and Priscilla. He said, my helpers in Christ. What does that even mean? Laying down their necks for my sake. That means that they lived for Paul. Literally. They were doing business for Paul. So these were the people who filled the space. These were the people who provided, who risked their lives. And they drowning their very necks for my life. These are the people who have stood for me. Paul was saying that I'm not only grateful for them. 
the entire church among the Gentiles, they know what these guys have done and they are grateful for them. They know what Phoebe have done. They are grateful. Their generosity, their kindness, their hospitality. Hold that in this day we will have men who will risk their necks for us. We will have people who will endanger their lives for us. For the advancement of the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise be unto Jesus. Paul made mention of Stephanas. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Speak it from 14. He said, let all things be done with love. Then verse 15, he said, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas. That is the first fruit of Achaia. So you see the word first fruit occurring again. First fruit means that the first set of believers in Achaia, he said, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Verse 16, he said, that you submit yourself unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Look at verse 17, he said, And I'm glad of the coming of Stephanas and Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. He said, For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are as such. You see that Paul was talking about people who have helped them financially to propagate the gospel. But notice that as we are looking at giving, you see that people were described as first fruits, not gifts, not money, not whatever. He said people and the first fruit are the first of a thing. Okay, so they were described as first fruits. So in the New Testament, people are described as first fruits, not a giving, not the first salary. That's not New Testament believing. It is humans in different places where they have preached, the first people to believe that were regarded as first fruit. And as we look at it again, don't be unprofitable. Don't be unprofitable. Look for a way that you can align your finances. They have shown you that people gave to the church, people gave to the saints, people gave to ministers and ministries. You see, there is a whole lot that we can do. It will require money. But we cannot preach the law because it will require money. We have to preach the teachings of grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ upon his church. That's what brings favor from all men. That's what brings the blessing. That's what brings angelic ministrations. That's what brings all kinds of spiritual imputes. That's the wisdom of God for your finances and your business. And until you align yourself and base your business upon the principle of the word of God. Nothing will seem to be working. But if you do, what a great blessing it will bring. Now I've taught you the position of the minister is to teach this. And yet not to convert it, just to teach it. His job is to teach it, like Titus did. But the job of the people who are taught is to align their faith with this grace that is available in Christ and to do it. There is nothing whatsoever that we should collect out of compulsion. We should not teach any sermon whatsoever. In other words, that it makes people feel bad. Or in a way that people feel they are cursed if they did not give. Christ has been made a curse for us. That's very clear in scripture. So it is not a curse. It was never, all the places that we read, we see that there was no case whatsoever that there was curses attached to it. No, we only bless. And that's the position of the minister. To stand from the position of blessing. And not also to allow his covetousness in that the gospel. If there is a contention and people say, Oh, we will not do this. Allow them to do what they will. Just like Paul said. Allow them to do what they will. 
and trust God for your life and trust God for your ministry and trust God to make available resources for the things that he has assigned for you to do. And once we as a people, the church, the ministers and the ministries understand this, we will walk in this flow of what God is doing in our day. God has started it before now and God is doing it. But when we begin to participate in this, not a single person among us, according to the word of God, will lack. And see to it that your pastor never cry over finances again. And see to it that the saints of God have every cause to bless God over your life because you have shown yourself to be a blessing. My name is Paul Aremolua.